Blog Talk Radio. Prepare for launch in three, two, one. Welcome to the break beat. We make heat to play streets with these words. Whether you win the burbs or in the hood on the street curb or corner. Crossing all the borders in your mental state. Elevate your thinking or fall in line like the interstate. Finna take you on the journey like the Zelda game. Painting perfect pictures without the cellophane. The Pelopane's words are staying with destruction. And we're here with ideas for construction. Critiquing critics with cynics with the lyrics. Demolish demons and spirits to make the network less limit. Covered your position. Listen, when I drop wisdom with the gods listening. A big pot to piss in. Give it all I got to give it the spirit info. Stimulate your mental over instrumental. Trying to reach my kinfo. Tired of the cheap talk. Gotta get informed and spread a message of free thought. Separate the name the break represents the news and issues we use to discuss a new concept. To be this how I rearrange and change the presentation. So it isn't as complex together. Introduce topics, micro, macroscopic, with a little logic and perspective. Educate, entertain, graffiti on your brain, so the path forward change for I make my exit on the breakbeat. We back. Back, maxing and relaxing all. We're shooting some b-ball outside of the school. But now we're back on the air, and we're up to no good. The same little heathens in your neighborhood. Uh, I can't. I, can't, I don't know where to go after that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it was kind of good. I had it going for a while. I was, I was kind of glad about that. Uh, but yeah, what's going on, everybody? The break beat is back. It's your boy MC Br Double O K S AKA the illest Negro on your playlist. Then we got obviously. <laughs> Then we got my lovely uh, co-host representing Greek mythology or African Greek mythology. I don't know. Uh, Noah Athena, what up? What's up? We're back. Yep. And we got Everett. <laughs> Everett, you know what I'm saying? A.K.A. That dude. Tasha Boy, no time. We're back. Well, y'all are back. That's I'm right. So, we so, back. So, we we in there like swimwear. <laughs> we back like chiropractic. I hope you're not back like Fanny Pack. Fanny Pack? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I say chiropractic. Where do you get Fanny Pack from? Like, Fanny Packs are not making a comeback. I hope not. I'm like beepers. I was just trying to be like you, Briggs. I was just trying to rhyme. Yeah, yeah. Like, like lumberjack. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let Fanny Pack stay where they died out at. Like, they gave me a Fanny Pack for my job, and I don't ever wear it because Fanny Pack. <laughs> the first you know? Fanny Pack with, with the key loop on it and everything. You walk around that thing dangling and flashing. I'm just glad they didn't put my name on it. There's a Pokemon yeah. on it. Oh, shit. So you got a Pikachu Fanny Pack? A Charizard. <laughs> you more of a Charizard. Right? <laughs> no, I'm going to get a Bulbasaur. A Bulbasaur? I'm going to Bulbasaur, yeah. Bulbasaur was that nigga for real. He was that dude for real. That was, I, look, I was all grass types. I might, I might break mold every now and then, give me a little fire, water type. But y'all wasn't for y'all weren't y'all weren't messing with my grass types. I'm, I'm a cheat. I was a fire type. I'm a cheat. I love I love psychics. 
Well, yeah, Psychic was a good type. I always made sure I had at least one in my party. Like, in the original red and blue versions, I always had, uh, I had Alakazam. That was my, that was my go-to Psychic. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I got Mew and Mewtwo. No, Mewtwo. That's hands out. Yeah. Yeah. I got Mewtwo. I thought that was a chill. And Mewtwo is that dude. Oh, even in, in Pokemon Black, I got that little psychic bird thing. I don't know what it's called. It's annoying as hell to fight. Yeah, I don't know nothing about no Pokemon Black. I saw Pokemon Black. Okay, well, damn, I, I didn't kill it now. Shoot. <laughs> but hey, we can we can we can we can we, we can complete this conversation in just a few. Uh, first things first. Well, we're back. Um, sorry for the little hiatus. Had to go handle some real real stuff in real life because you know we're not just we're not just Twitter and Facebook and black free thinkers people and like we're out here in in the real world affecting real people doing real things like real people do. But now we're back and. Uh, you know, a lot of folks probably aren't listening tonight because we are starting off on the Tuesday instead of Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we may do Wednesday shows in the future, but for right now, you know, our, we will be sticking to Tuesdays. And every Tuesday, every other Tuesday at 8, you can, uh, you can catch us here. You can follow us on Twitter at BreakBeatBFT, or you can follow me at MC underscore Brooks, or you can follow Noah at... No, at Noah Athena, or Everett at Vet underscore Jones. That, that's your that's your that's handle, right? No, no, it's Vetimus Prime. That's right. So, I don't no Eight o'clock is the what the uh, Eastern time. It's seven o'clock Central time for those who are Central like me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's Vetimus Prime, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Okay, yep. Vetimus yeah, Vetimus yeah. underscore Prime. Uh, we haven't we haven't been that avid Twitter users. I haven't used it that much, but I've still used it more than than they have. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was only Ed Boone. I was talking Ed Boone. That was about it. Um. <laughs> but it's all good. We'll be we'll we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be right back on there ASAP. Surely. Um, first, but uh, next thing on the list: announcements. Only only announcement uh, really have outside of our new time change. To Tuesdays at 8 p.m. is that 8 p.m. EST Eastern, 7 Central, 5 if you're on the West Coast. Um, Speaking of the West Coast, okay, we're Central. We're in. We're we're the time. The rest of y'all are just all shoot to us. I don't like care about Central time. That's that's why the default yeah. setting is almost always Eastern. Like no one cares about Central. Like really? <laughs> like, like come on, what's the, y'all ain't even got any real cities. Y'all got what? Chicago? Come on, you ain't you ain't standing up to no. You ain't standing up to DC and New York or Philly. Yeah, Milwaukee, Miami. Indianapolis. We have Chicago, Indy, Minneapolis. Indy, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Nobody, care. Nobody care about those. Nobody care about them cities. St. Louis. <laughs> Come on. Nobody go to America and be like, yeah, dog, can't wait to hit Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, not, let's, let's not talk about Ohio, which is one of the worst states in the Midwest. Yeah, let's. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking, but I'm um, speaking of. 
speaking of the I'm West sorry, Coast, though. Yeah, no, speaking of the West Coast, in two weeks, uh, I will be, uh, I as well as Kim and Raina and Vita and a few other suspects from the BFT network, will be attending and participating in uh, the Moving Social Justice Conference sponsored by Black Skeptics of L.A. Uh, it's taking place October 11th and 12th at CFI L.A., uh, got a bunch of really amazing panels that will be discussing everything from the prison to school pipelining to uh, uh, feminism among people of color, you know, LBTQ um, issues, and, and much, much more. I, I, I'm not doing a very good job of explaining, um, but we have a, a lot. Of, we have many dope panels uh, lined up, and a lot of really great speakers. You know, Dr. Anthony Penn. Uh, will be there. Uh, Dr. Sakibu Hutchinson will be there. No lie, got a little starstruck when I talked to Sakibu the other day. Just a little bit, though. Um, but yeah, that takes that's taking place on uh, uh, October 11th and 12th. Uh, I'll be there. I'm hosting, and I'm also going to be performing while I'm there. So make sure you come out for more information. Hit up Kim. Hit up Raina. Or you can hit up uh, one, uh, me, or one, you can hit up any of us, and we can kind of point you more towards where you're going to be at, where where you can get the the information that you seek. And uh, hurry up! And if you need uh, any type of uh, voucher to help get you out to LA, that's perfectly possible. You can also contact Sakibu for that. Again, can point you in the right direction for all of that information. Don't want to miss out. It's going to be first of its kind. So that being said, tonight on our return show, we're going to be discussing black nerd nostalgia. Now I know the show says network, and that's my fault. I got my N-words mixed up. Fortunately, it wasn't the other N-word, but I got my N-words mixed up. <laughs> and it should read black nerd nostalgia. So the fact it says network Cool. It's whatever. We can still roll with it. We can make it do what it do, you know? So, um, primarily going to be... Huh? I did not even notice that, like, at all. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't even... I know this, like, right before I went to work when I was copying and pasting the link, and I'm like, huh, this has network. Crazy. It's network. <laughs> it works. Then I realized that I... And then I realized why the reason I didn't change is because I I sent the link to a bunch of people, and I didn't want to resend the link, and I didn't want them to click that link and, and realize that you know that show that they can't find the show because that would be awful. Um, so yeah, I just kept it as it is. But yeah, primarily tonight we're going to be discussing a wide range of things. Uh, it's going to be a very fun, a very light show. There's going to be a lot of laughter. A lot of laughter. You're going to hear us talking a lot about our own experiences, our own thoughts, our own opinions, and we're also going to be discussing, you know, stuff we like, like Pokemon, as we, you know, unintentionally kind of open the show with. <laughs> so um, I guess first things first things first. I'll, I'll open the floor open to. Whoever really wants to, whoever wants to to start this thing off, um, you know, what is what is a blurred? What is a bleak? What is what does that term like mean to you? 
Okay, so I guess we were supposed to start off. Oh, we said we were going to start off with the like the emergence of black nerd, which is blurred, and black geek culture, which you know, it's one of those things that I've noticed in the past two or three years, and like really started paying attention to it in the past two or three years. But it's been going on a little bit longer than that. Kind of like natural hair, how you know. Some people, like, went natural way before the whole little movement started and didn't really notice that it was, like, becoming some sort of movement until, like, years later. And now it's just, like, there's a bunch of natural hair blogs and everything like that. So, like, all the blurred is is a black nerd and geeks and are black geeks. And really, like, just, like, it's, it's, a, it's a, I guess it's kind of like, what would you call it, a sub subset or a subcategory? Of like, mm-hmm. well, it's a, it's like a it's like a smaller movement within a larger mo- cultural movement. If that makes any sense, like there's like, yes, yes. Why couldn't I think of that word? Sociology, baby, one on one. Anyway, anyway, like a subculture within the larger culture that is becoming like, you know, these celebrity geeks. I guess like geek culture in general, in America, it's becoming a big thing. Unfortunately, it's not impacting us enough to improve our math and science scores, but that's neither here nor there. Zing. The point is... What? I said zing. Yeah. The point is is that, like, STEM, with STEM, the word STEM being thrown around left and right, and then, like, we have these celebrity tech guys, you know what I'm saying? We have Steve Jobs, and we have Bill Gates, and we have, like, these celebrity scientists, we have, you know, Steven Pinker, we have Neil deGrasse Tyson, we have Michio Kaku, and all of this stuff, and, like, all these different shows and all these different panels. We have Bill Nye doing speeches and geek weeks and all of this stuff going on. And it feels like it's, like, really blown up in the past five years. Like, stuff blows up really fast, I guess, because of the Internet nowadays. And, like, it seems like it's blown up really fast in the past five years, this whole culture. So within... That larger culture, we have this 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 undercurrent, I guess, or this subculture of black nerds and black geeks coming out, and you know, being okay with being a geek or being nerdy or whatever people want to call it, like being okay with this punk, maybe this punk aesthetic or being Afrocentric, if you're like you know, both up um, black cosplayers. Sci-fi, fantasy, and horror—you know, non-religious. The 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 resurgence of like Octavia Butler and 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 James and James Baldwin and different writers like going back and like bringing those those writers becoming pop popular, like more and more popular over the past few years, especially with Octavia Butler's death and everything. It's just like it's become like this big cultural shift. I mean, it's not like a super huge shift, but it's. I mean, it's kind of huge. What do you, I mean, do you think it's huge? Do you think it's yeah, huge? it's huge. I don't have much to do. <laughs> I think it's more, of more of individuality being accepted. You know, you are who you are, and it's okay to be who you are. Um, part of it, too, is it's a nostalgic thing. I mean, like, people from the 80s will go back and do 70,000. Even now we do 70,000, 60,000, and further back. So it seems like, you know, the era which we grew up in, grew up in has become, you know, like a fashion statement. And then you have, you know, sports figures doing it, and you have rappers doing yeah, it. Right. 
No, like the grassy cheese, the, the super nerdy thing, the nerdy oh, glasses. Oh, you're talking about whatever. fashion. Yeah. I'm just talking about the culture in general. Yeah, but that feeds into it. You didn't say That's that. part. That would I'm be sorry. part. That could be part. That is part of it. I was really confused for a second. Like, what is he talking about? You're talking about fashion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm there now. Yeah. And like you said, like, our, our grade levels haven't come up from it. You know what I mean? People aren't big in math and science because it's not really about being a nerd. It's about the fashion about so it. So you, you're going, you, you, went so, you went somewhere else. See, I was talking about the actual nerd culture, and you're talking about posiers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're talking about those people, how, you're, I guess you're talking about, like, style. Not, like, really posers, <laughs> but, like, how it's become, like, the the thing. Like, people who aren't, wouldn't necessarily be considered nerd or geeky, it's now, like, the end thing to be geeky, to wear those glasses with no lenses. Oh, my God. Yeah, glasses, glasses, friends, no lenses, just to appear, just to look the part of being a black nerd or, or even just a nerd in general, and that's become like just have regular the clear thing lens. now. We just have regular clear lenses. You know what I mean? I know. That's your mother. But yeah, and it, it, it's great for me because I can be comfortable who I am. But that's that regard, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is kind of a, like a look that goes that goes along with it now. Mm-hmm. It's become like a style thing, even just like, you know. Flag Jacket Sheldon style from Big Bang Theory and um, Jessica Day from New Girl, you know, Hardison's graphic tees and his stuff from Leverage, you know. It's cool to be a nerd, which is a wonderful time. Wonderful time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I used to think I was born in the wrong time until, like, right. recently all this stuff started popping off, and now all of a sudden it's cool to wear those big clunky glasses that I always like. Now all of a sudden right. it's cool to have those tall, that tall natural hair and the shade size that I always wanted to have, you know. Yeah, yeah you I mean it's, it's interesting to think about because nerd was such an insult for so long. Like you go back and listen, go back and listen to like '90s rap and and hear how many times like when when rappers are, are writing their their braggadocio verses and whatnot, and they throw in that so and so is just some loser nerd. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was an insult for so long that 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 made it kind of difficult or hard for people to really who who may have identified as such to really want to identify as such or hell even if they didn't identify as such but other people identified them as such because they were into you know technology or Spider Man or something like that <clears throat> you know it was it was it was it was negative you know what I mean I liked I really liked. Um, the 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 first part of what Everett said, of uh, in which he said, you know, it's it's about self expression, being yourself. Excuse me. Um, and that because I because I I think you know that, you know, in itself kind of explains you know blurred and bleaks and and, and whatnot. You know, it's it's people essentially kind of being themselves, like. You know, you don't you don't grow up thinking, well, I'm just going to be a blur today. You know, you you just grow up and you happen to find interest in X, Y, and Z, and then you choose to identify yourself as such. And even the term blurred is, you know, just a, is a is an, it lies at the intersection of being black, you know, which you know, which is one thing, and then you having interests that are considered nerdy or geeky and whatnot. And I totally understand, you know, what you were just saying, though, about, you know, how it's cool now. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, it, like you can walk around, you can go to Walmart and, and buy Captain America shirts or the Flash 
or Superman, mm-hmm. you know? And what's interesting is, like, stuff like that was cool, like, up until a certain age, you know what I mean? Like, when you're, like, five or six, you know, people expect you to be in the Batman. You know, you go to show and tell, and you bring in your little Batman action figure. I actually did that. But, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, for a lot of people just seem to assume or seem to have this idea that once you start getting to, like, 10, 11, 12, that you're just supposed to stop caring about that stuff and start caring about stuff that, you know, you're supposed to care about, you know, girls, uh, MTV, uh, you know, you know, preteen stuff, which generally mm-hmm. didn't consist of anything, you know, like cartoony or cartoons, or comics, or stuff that people assumed was primarily for children, even though when you actually read and dissect the stuff, it's really not for children. No, not at all. I think a big thing is it became okay for you, for a person to be passionate about something like a cartoon, or a TV show, or something like that. Like, especially with the, the Internet, you can find communities in forums where you, you find people who are passionate about the same things that you're passionate about, and suddenly, like, you're not alone. And I think the internet right. plays a big part in this culture, in the emergence of this culture, because it's not now the whole blurred and the bleach thing. It's not just about tech it's just, or people who are interested in tech. It's about people who are maybe interested in, like, animation mm-hmm. or gaming or just art mm-hmm. or literature or, you know, all those things that you were interested in. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to get, intellectual like was an insult that I would get you know within my own family it was like you're so intellectual like you think you're so smart and now it's okay for me to be that smart it's praise for me to be that artsy kid and like all of that and like it's just weird how the shift happened with even within like my own family like where at one at one point it was an insult and it was you know teases oh you're going to marry a white guy and all this other stuff like I wasn't black enough and now it's like, oh, you know, you're just unique and you're just passionate and about what you're passionate about. You're just artsy, you know. Amazing what a decade can do. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh, God, it's been decades since I was 14. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> but I also think that it's also because of how popular tech is. I mean, everybody has a big piece of technology on them somewhere, whether it's your cell phone, the TV, game console, yep. PC, whatnot. And it's like the nerds, those same nerds that were getting teased and bullied for being who they were are the billionaires of today. And yep. people, <laughs> people everybody loves money. So it's like, oh, shit, they really, they really were cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what you know after this? You know, I hope I said his last name right. <laughs> He's a fucking billionaire <laughs> off of Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's nerd shit. Gonna, yeah. black people in tech and why like so many of us, even though like we don't have like a lot of money or a lot of funds, we all we are so into technology though, like black Twitter, oh my god. Right. <laughs> but for I think for a lot of people and especially uh, especially for, for black and brown children, especially you know, a lot a lot of uh, this stuff can be seen as a a method of escape, you know what I mean? Like when I was younger, like, that was part of what, what attracted me to uh, creating, like, fantasy novels and sci-fi novels when I was in fifth grade because, like, it was an escape from my home my home life. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason I was so into, 
a lot of the games and whatnot that I played, even up until up until college, like a lot of that, a lot of that stemmed from you know me using that as a as a means to escape. Like I could I could I could get into these stories involving these these young teen these coming of age saving the world you know type of tales because I was a big RPG person. You know I could I could even though I couldn't look at the character and relate to them because they look like me. I still identify with them because it was a world that fascinated me because it was not mine. And I would have liked and 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 I would have liked it because it wasn't mine. You know what I mean? It was yeah. a good way to, I, to not have to focus on the the day-to-day, you know, not have to focus on the stuff that, you know, I was thinking or enduring and whatnot. Excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. But going back to uh, another point that I made er- that, that someone made earlier, uh, I wanted to follow up Everett's point prior by saying the another side of it, or I guess both of yours point I should say, but the other side of it I see is um, the emergence of all of this and, and kind of made it like it kind of relieved I guess a lot of people from succumbing to peer pressure about the fact that they mm-hmm. were interested in this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like when you look at a place like Black Twitter, and you see that there are lots of there are lots of folks there are lots of folks who are into a lot of the same things. I mean, which is not to say that <clears throat> which is not to say that you know all of them were like too cool or or anything like that. But I do think to some degree, you know, peer pressure probably played played a, a role as to whether or not you know they actually. Um, like we're really open about their interests. Like, like I have friends in high school who liked who were really into anime also, but they didn't really like they they weren't really open about the fact that they liked it outside of when they were around me or with other people. You know what I mean? Like I didn't care that I would be sitting in the cafeteria reading manga during a free period. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or during a study hall or something. But there are other people that you know may have been a little embarrassed, you know, been yeah. a little embarrassed by that. And now, with the emergence of of with the, with the emergence of this new culture, this new cultural identity, and the fact that you know <clears throat> things that were taboo, that were socially taboo, are now like cool. You know, they can be a bit more open about, like, yeah, you know, I really did like watching Veroni Kenshin in high school. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I like playing Mario Brothers. You know? Yeah. And, like, I knew people in my high school who were, like, big big stars on the football team or the basketball team or whatnot and super popular or whatever. And they love playing shit like D&D and, and, and World of Warcraft and shit and would never speak on it in public. But I knew, right? You know what I'm saying. Even with the into it, I was the circle that I was in were people who were into it, and I never got bullied. I was pretty cool with everybody, but they were people who I was cool with who weren't. So I'm glad that that's probably I don't know. There's still bullying going on. Yeah, but I think you know. I I think that I think I do think. Excuse me. A lot of people were like I think I do think a lot of people are. You know, especially when you're in high school, like you're kind of socially just kind of shamed into not identifying with that because it's not seen as cool. You know what I mean? 
You know, like oh, yeah. I, when I when I talk when I talk to old people, you know, when I when I when I come across people that I haven't spoken to in years, or I talk to people um, that I wouldn't have talked to back in high school, and I'm Facebook friends with them, or I've engaged them in some other form, and whatnot, and it's just like, oh, like I didn't know that. Hell, lots of folks didn't know that, and wouldn't have thought that about you, and yet, you know, you were essentially no different. No different. And so that's what I love about it now is that, you know, people can just, like I said, you can be an individual. You right. can be open and and be proud. Like, like in high school, I was a kid who wanted to be an artist. You know what I mean? Like, I, went, I used to love drawing, and I used to make music. Well, I guess I used to do make music, but. And, but I was quiet. And I was a, a huge gamer. And, but I didn't hide it. I never felt the need to hide it. I guess I was a big dude, too, so if anybody tried to pick on me, they would have had a problem, but <laughs> I guess I was fortunate for, for my, my size, I guess. But I don't know, it just seemed natural because it was. You know, it's who I was. And I'm just happy that nowadays we can, no matter how old or young you are, you can express who you are. You know what I mean? I yeah. hear people looking at it like, how this true? Like, I've heard a lot of people say, I mean, you told me stories, too, and I've heard it, too. People say, oh, that's childish. You know, oh, your shirt's cute. You have an X-Men shirt on. I'm like, it's not cute, motherfucker. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> Gee, I, I, I already told you. I told you all the run-in I had at a club about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a while saw me uh, the other day, and she was like, oh, my God, your X-Men shirt is so cute. And I was like, cute like a child? What do you mean cute? They demean it almost like, oh, it's childish. Yeah. And half right. the time, 98% of the video games made the kids play are not for kids. Same with all Disney movies, Pixar movies, and TV shows. I mean, they're not. Look at that, like, the Looney Tunes and shit that we used to watch coming up. Watch them as adults. And the so inappropriate. Yeah, but I'm talking it's like it's so like inappropriate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I keep talking about Animaniacs. Animaniacs was wildly just like flagrantly inappropriate for kids. I, when I even when I was a kid, I would look at him and I was like, "What?" Like <laughs> it was not. It was not. That was not for kids. I that song once many times. Yeah, the, the, it was just not. It, it was like I don't know. It was just things they would joke about. Certain adults. It was sexual as hell. Yeah. Like, all those cartoons were extremely sexual. I mean, look at Betty yeah. Boop. Like, flat out. Like, Betty sexual to death. Girl. Sexual to the core. And it was it, it was appropriate for children. Right. The kids didn't understand what was going on. It was really made for the adults to watch with the children and to buy the merchandise. And to, the thing that I don't understand, right? too, about, like, those, like, you know, parents, in between that, those parents that... There was a period of time where I, you know, parents were getting up in arms about the music their kids were doing, what their kids are watching, everything like that. And this is like, to me, it's like this, this puritanical desire to keep our kids enclosed in this this kid bubble. Like, oh, he just needs to be a kid. And I like, I can get that with some things, like certain like super adult situations, oh, yeah. like cart- cartoons and stuff. Like, come on now, like. But I think I think, I think some I think some adults probably don't even get probably don't even get it, you know. Yeah. 
And you know, I, I was having like, a, I was, wait, go ahead, bro. No, I was gonna. Well, all I was gonna do was. Uh, I wasn't gonna say too, 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 too much, but like, I mean, y'all, y'all are pretty much on point. Like, with the fact, I mean, most most adults probably don't even get a lot of the jokes. Hell, if you think about how long a lot of these Looney Tunes ran, like a lot of those those racist Looney Tunes cartoons ran well into the two thousands before Cartoon Network realized, hmm, maybe playing Bugs and Blackface is probably not the best idea. Right. At all, you know, well, you know, or true. like Animaniacs. I don't know if you do. You guys yeah, remember what? the fingerprints joke on no. Animaniacs? <clears throat> it was like, yeah, it was like they're looking for. They're like, yeah, get, show me the fingerprints, and then they're like, what? Then like dot like takes takes prints out, and they're like, no fingerprints, and then dot's like. Uh, don't think that don't don't think that'd be appropriate. And then goes on and I like it's really easy to miss, but if you think like fingerprints, that's like a joke that like went over a lot of people says hell. It went over my head at first listening. Well, I, I was like, what fingerprints? Huh? Explain it to me <laughs> right now. Like you don't get it? Finger like finger, like sexual finger. Prince. Yeah. Look. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna send. I'll send you the thing after the show is over, and you guys can watch it and see what I and see what I mean. But the the, the overall point is, <laughs> cartoons are, are widely seen as like innocent little safe havens where where children can you know kind of worry about you know whether or not the 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 dog got it got the bone from atop the tree or something as opposed to a lot of the adult humor that actually see adult humor among other things that seeped into a lot of these cartoons like folks don't realize that cartoons are shaped by culture when you think about yeah. the stuff that makes it in the type, the kind of the kinds of jokes that were made that's how you get eras that's how you get a lot of slapstick cartoon comedy because that was what was being done at the time, you know. A lot of the, the references and jokes—it's all—it's all—it's all a product of, of of where society was at the time. So why you could get the black mammy and uh and Tom and Jerry with like no mm-hmm. issue, you know? That was that was a thing. Everyone knew what that meant. What that was—it wasn't seen as racist. It's seen as the norm. Wait, say it again. I said it was seen as the norm at the time. Exactly. Yeah. But this exactly. also like so, me, and, me and Noah were talking the other day about animation and cartoons and everything, and because she's a writer, and so she knows even more depth than I do, what work it really takes into writing, you know, a story for even just an episode, and for it to appeal to children and still have those underlying jokes for adults to giggle at. You know what I'm saying? It's a mm-hmm. form in itself, and it's been going on forever. When people can look at regular show or Adventure Time, or well, I guess Family Guy and American Dad are more <clears throat> outright with I mean, it's an art form to it. I love it though. Probably, <laughs> he loves Adventure. He doesn't get half the shit that we see in it, and he probably won't. But that's get like that the beauty of it. <laughs> Hello. 
I said, that's like the beauty of it. One of these days, yeah, I'm going to watch Adventure I, Time. I, it's on Netflix, oh. so I know I can watch it. Yeah. And, and, and Adventure Time is like only like 15, they have like 15 minute episodes, right? Or something? No, 11 minutes. It's like 11 or 12 minute episodes. Like, it's yeah, great. Like, like, they usually play them in two, like one after another two together, so it makes up the half an hour, but it's two different episodes. But, ooh, excuse me. But yeah, the first two seasons on Netflix don't even give Adventure Time justice. Like, it got better. Stylistically, and con- con- it, as a concept, it just got better from season three on. Actually, yeah, like it just it just got it got better in season three, and it just kept getting better. And it was yeah. Great. Well, after I get done with with Archer and Criminal Minds, I'll probably add that onto my queue. I need to get Archer. I need to get into Archer. You've been saying talking about Archer. If you don't watch anything else, please watch, like, episode three of Archer. If you don't watch another episode in any of the other seasons, episode three mm-hmm. is absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. If like, you if you guys get some, get some time, because here's the thing, and here's the thing, make sure you're not doing anything else. Like, I tried to watch Archer when I just kind of have it on while I did some other stuff. Didn't really work out because the other stuff didn't get done. <laughs> so, like, if you guys can set us out like maybe an hour and just watch like two episodes or something, like, you'll you you'll appreciate it. Archer is hilarious. It's a very adult show. I can make a with a gumball too. <laughs> um. Sorry, are we are we are we talking about shows now? That we're done. See you later. Yeah, I mean that's where we, that's where we went. We're already here. <laughs> that was a smooth. That's how you know the show's going right. Yeah. Um, yeah exactly. What are the TV shows? Oh, oh I, I guess like don't get me like I'm not, don't let me get too wrapped up in adventure time. But like I guess like I couldn't find the video about what it was like adventure time but basically it was talk it was a really cool video about how like there was like a nostalgia in the game and the reason we like the show is because like it's nostalgic and it's like a nostalgia within nostalgia like the because the characters are also experiencing nostalgia it was so philosophical and just like cool yeah, it, okay. It, it, PBS did a little segment on it, and they talked about, like, is nostalgia the reason for Adventure Time's amazing awesomeness? That's what it's called. It's on the Idea Channel, the PBS Idea Channel on YouTube, so look it up. He broke it down so cold. And basically, you know, they're, I mean, you know that Cartoon Network, this, well, for Adventure Time, their demographic that they were going for was, like, they say boys between the ages of, like, 6 and 15, Really, what they mean is little white boys, teenage sixteen, fifteen. But they ended up like having a a, a a way wider effect on like like grown people, like me and Everett, you know, especially like young adults. Like they just have like a lot of fans, but they, you know, it, it still airs on during the kids' time, which is pretty awesome. It's like a show we can watch with our son, but he doesn't get everything else that's going on. Sorry about that. So, 
it's a really cool it's a really cool video. You should check it out because like I really feel that like I, I was like, why do I like this show so much? The art is weird and the backgrounds are beautiful, like I just really like the style of it. And like I guess it's like and sounds like you're experiencing like this kid, he's growing up and he's going through puberty, he's going through all these things, he doesn't know what that is. It's a post apocalyptic world, so super fantasy, so you know I gotta get into that. It's just like it's really great. <laughs> you know what I thought not to okay. trail off topic, but you know what I thought of when you first started? It's like it's like nostalgia within nostalgia. Like I was sitting yeah. there thinking like of that exhibit meme that's going that's been going around for forever. Like, yo dog, I heard you like nostalgia. So we put some nostalgia within your nostalgia so you can reminisce while you reminisce. <laughs> like <laughs> not to trail off topic, but that was like that was like the that was like the that was like the first thing that popped into my mind. And I was like, I wonder if I should just interject. Nah, let me let Noah make her point because that'd be rude. <laughs> you know, it's all good. <laughs> Speaking of things making a comeback, though, and this is one of the other things we definitely had on our queue, like comic books. You know, and and comics and just comic 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 book, not even comic books, but comic book comic book characters in the form of film and TV. Is is definitely making a making a huge comeback, and you can definitely credit pretty much credit Marvel with that, because without yeah. Marvel, there probably wouldn't like this wouldn't really even be a thing. Like they would they wouldn't Marvel having so much success bringing these films to life <clears throat> wouldn't have you know wouldn't have inspired DC to do the same wouldn't have inspired, you know, all these TV shows like Arrow and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and Gotham, like, right now, um, to, to, to come out. Marvel set say? the standard. Cause DC has been trying, I say Marvel set the standard. They set the bar up high because uh, DC has been trying to do it and failing for decades. So that's my opinion. I couldn't stand any of the Superman movies. I mean, even besides <laughs> even besides that, can we just kind of like sidebar for a second and talk about like how like indie comics and like black black indie comic creators like there's a whole little undercurrent like I mean kind of connected with our show like the Afrofuturism like looking into that I started finding this whole little indie art scene going on within the black nerd black geek black artsy because like with it I guess within the black nerds and the black geek there's the real artsy. We're the real artsy types like me who are kind of, like, lumped into that as well. We're kind of, like, black nerds about our art, I guess. And there's, like, a lot of indie comic creators and um, indie games that are, like, coming out and, like, are becoming really popular. And then, like, I, I read this article the other day where they're saying that, like, Cartoon Network, um, JD, JG Quintel, the one who – the guy who – is the head of the um, regular show. Like, he was mm-hmm. talking about how he goes, well, Cartoon Network, but him specifically goes, like, at Comic-Con and looks up um, indie comic creators and, like, recruits them. Like, That's, it, and that, which like, is dope. Um, it's really cool. Which is, which is dope. You know, and it's crazy, and it's kind of, and it's crazy to think about because, you know, it, it, they're 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 a section of even just the black community at large 
that doesn't really get thought about. Like that that black boys and girls who grew up watching and enjoying this stuff would actually grow up and actually create their own their own stories, create their own worlds. You know what I mean? Create you know, go go out and 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 shape their own universe in the same way that that others have been doing it for years, centuries even. You know what I mean? So it's only it's only a matter of time, and it's like it's it's, it's interesting because um, like in Philadelphia every year, and I want to say it's in it's sometime over the summer. I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it passed this year already. But every year in Philadelphia, they have a convention for it's like a comic book artist convention or, or something. I, I don't remember the exact name offhand, but it's basically a giant convention where where black comic book artists and design and, and graphic designers all come together, they show off their work and they showcase what's coming up next, you know? And I'm I'm pretty sure it passed this year already and I have to make a plan to go um for next year cuz I actually found out about it like really randomly by accident. I was looking I was looking up something completely different only to find only to realize that Oh snap! Like I was in Philadelphia last year, and I realized, like, oh snap, a convention's happening. I don't have money for it, but it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but you know, like I I think I think that's I think that's it's awesome, you know, and, and it, it's definitely important that like it's often why I, I I stress I stress I stress you know supporting you know black comic book uh, creators black uh black writers, black filmmakers and whatnot, you know what I mean? Like there's a whole subculture of black sci fi that that is virtually unknown to everybody. You know? Yeah. And it, there's a whole 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 world that that nobody knows about. And instead of complaining about why nobody knows about it, it's much more productive to to promote it. You know what I mean? Get word out. I think that's that's much more productive. Like I think, and I think I think it's dope. I think I think having black comic book artists and whatnot are, are dope and phenomenal. And we need that kind of diversity, especially within that industry in particular. You know, we when we did our video game show, we spoke about kind of the import what the importance was of having, you know, representation. You know, who who's the number one consumer of video games? Black and Latino kids, mm-hmm. you know, and another supporting independent uh, comic book writers, film, and video games. The independent scene has a lot of people who are of color who are there who won't get the time of day mainstream. But, right. I have a question for both of you. Guys. Like, I have a question for both of you guys. Like, do you think that, like, with the whole indie scene, the breakout, do you think that it like our embrace, our I guess us embrace our what is it? Why can't I find words today? Our, I guess <laughs> I guess us embrace black people and even Latinos are are the fact that we have this you know this need to escape our current reality. But not only that, but that we have a passion for these things. Do you think like like tech? Do you think that that is like one of the reasons why now we're starting to see more artists is because like they were there, but we you know now we're we have the ability to share these things with each other. And yeah. kind of like 
you know, like, be on the Internet and, and find different things that we couldn't find before. Yeah. Of course. Having access makes all the difference. You know, can, can you can you imagine if, if, if you know, what, what life would be like if you didn't have access to to things that we that we take for granted, like you didn't have access to the internet in order to find people like me or Kim Morena, or, or or you know access to Atasha Womack and and the entire Afrofuturism, you know movement, you know, like and how and how different things would be, you know, like access having access nowadays like makes all the difference. And, you know, people having access means they can successfully actually explore their curiosity. They can explore the things that they're actually interested in, as opposed to just running into a stalemate because they don't know anybody or they don't know what step to take to try to to try to bring this idea or vision or whatever to life or to make it a reality for them. Being forced or told what to like, I mean, have the option to go up and search for whatever you want. I love the internet. Exactly, because a lot of times through media, you would think that a lot. You would think that there's only like maybe two handfuls of black guys in the whole entire world <laughs> that are good actors, and you would think that black women almost didn't exist. Yeah. Unless right. they're in Tyler Perry movies. <laughs> right. So. Right. 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 And that's why. That's why. That's why. You know, two of the you know that's why visibility is important to any to any movement. You know what I mean? Like visibility, which 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 can be achieved through representation. You know, is is super important. Like you, when you can see, that's why that's why Barack Obama achieving the presidency was such a was such a big deal. You know what I mean? In two thousand eight. You know, yes, it was legendary in the sense of we, there's never been a black president before, but just that image, that image of a black person being there at you know the most one of the most esteemed positions in the country, like that 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 does wonders. You know what I mean? And that's why like fight. That's why so many people like fight for visibility. You know, um, in in a lot of these different industries. You know what I mean? Like that article you that article we spoke about earlier, Noah, the one that you that. Um, that you also posted on Facebook about the dude complaining. Yeah. Like, he's full of shit for that. Because, it's you know, it, it's super important to have that diversity and to have that visibility for, for, peop, for, for, for people, you know, who, who often are introduced to or are looking or, or taking in media that is created for and represented by people who don't look like them. Who may who they yeah. who may not be able to really relate to them on on any level. I agree. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> hey, did I shut the house down? <laughs> uh, you did. The game that I'm currently working on. He's a game designer, you guys. He's a game programmer. That's what he does. And I'm an audio guy too. I'm doing I'm doing the whole. The, almost the whole soundtrack for the game. Woo, woo. Which sounds dope but, so uh, far. I've only uh, heard one song, but it's dope. Thank you, thank you. But um, I'm so excited that one of my dear friends is the artist on there, and he's a black dude. So the main character of the game is a black guy. 
and I'm loving it. Um, stop it. <laughs> hey, you lost it. your train no, of thought? <laughs> kind of. So, we, um, and he's a black dude. And I love it because, I mean, you don't see that at all. And like you said, right. we don't see anybody like us. You know what I'm saying? We're always playing some rugged-esque white dude with a shaggy beard who's going on, on some adventure to save the world, like you said earlier. So, yeah. so you mean, like, in that movie? That white dude? What, is that, what is that movie that came out recently with that white dude who goes and he does martial arts and does all this Asian stuff and there's all these Asian guys who are supporting okay. Taz? Oh, you um, 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 fuck. Um, oh, God. I wanted to say The Last Samurai, but that's not what, that's not what I'm, that's not it. It's, um, I mean, that was, huh? The Last Samurai was a white dude, too. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that fits, but that's not, that's That's not the movie that she's talking about. It just came out within the past year or two, and I looked at that shit, and I was like, I'm not going to see that. Another white dude going to save the day, they can, and you couldn't get some Asian dude to do that shit? No, they, 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 they this white guy's going to go into an Asian country, going to go into Japan or China or wherever he was, and save the day for these, for these poor Asian people. Kiss my ass. In their own art. In their own art. In their own fighting style. Yeah, I went to the U.S. in the moment. Because some, somehow, somehow they were training it their whole lives. Or some of them were training their whole lives, but somehow this right. man came in with superior. This this man this man learned some shit in three weeks and somehow beat everybody. Right? You know what? I'm gonna switch. That's, that's how it is. You got you got his rival. My man has been training. Comes from a long from generations of, of fighters. My man been training every day his whole life since six months and whatnot. And then here you just got some dude from America who's used to scratching his balls and watching Netflix. And now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. in three weeks, he picks up this art, his art form and technique and manages to, like, master that way and and masters it in a way that no one else in the entire place that they're at has ever mastered before. For generations. And then every now Sometimes, and then. Something the natural. Yeah. And every now and you know what? And every now and then they'll throw they'll throw in some shit about prophecy, like oh you were you were the man mentioned in that my ancestors wrote about before before white people ever came to this country. <laughs> Somehow they knew that this would happen and wrote about it eighteen hundred years ago. You know, right. it's always the white dude. <laughs> Yeah, like. Of a <laughs> <laughs> but like this is what I loved about Street Fighter too. Very good, because this is it's, it's similar. So Ken, you, are, you are bad at that way. No, I'm not. Listen, Ken was a orphan. <laughs> Ken was an orphan. He was a white dude, but right, Ryu was an Sorry, dude. white dude named Ken. Ken. Oh, you said Ken. Yeah. Like oh. Ken okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure his name wasn't Kim. <laughs> yeah, right. See, um, Ryu was an Asian dude, and he's always still better than Kim. His name's Ryu. 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 Say your R's like L. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you count it. I don't know. I think you're trying to count it. That's your name there. <laughs> but you just threw my whole thought off. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I quit the show. <laughs> Curtain 
closed. We out of here. I'm just kidding. Jones is out. I'm going to go start dabbing some more. Right. <laughs> dabbing no, some keys point. some more. <laughs> no, but... See, you fucking all trained up. I'm done. I'm done. Don't waste time saying you're done. Make a point. If you're going to make a point. Whatever. Yeah, Real- I mean... Yeah, well, okay, well, I can pick up where you left off, unless you want, you want to say mm-hmm. something. Yeah. No, I didn't want to say anything. Oh, yeah. But I, all I was going to say is that, you know, the, all that does is piggyback, you know, piggyback my point. And and what's hilarious, like, have you, have you guys kept up with Gamergate at all? Oh, with, with, they were talking about Gamergate at that meeting. Yeah, they were, yeah. About have you, have you guys that, kept that up was... with Gamergate at all? I haven't, we haven't kept up with it, but we heard about it. It's been a couple of weeks since we heard about it, but that was that that was that letter that they wrote talking about like asking for more diversity or. Yeah, and and basically, part of part of what the part of what uh, what the issue is with GamerGate is a lot of uh, uh, white male. uh, nerds are basically upset and think that, you know, asking for diversity in video games is like throwing everything off. Like, I'm trying to, I was, one of the articles I was reading earlier, I think it was the Forbes article, like cited, cited a, a poll done by one of those nerdy gaming websites. Like, it's not, it wasn't Kotaku, but it's a site like in the same vein. And like, the a majority of people thought that, you know, social justice warriors and feminazis, as they call them, um, are trying to ruin games by demanding that, you know, demanding that, that women not be damsels in distress and that, you know, that they, their culture was fine until, you know, until these people started trying to be PC about everything and that, you know, and 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 that you know basically basically uh you know asking for diversity is an issue that's part of the reason they they've they've attacked Anita Sarkeesian and 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 what's crazy is you even have people like Thunderfoot who's a prominent atheist blogger who's who's been launching attacks or who launched an attack on Anita Sarkeesian just because he's a proud anti-feminist and like and, and and uses and, and tries to like say that Anita Sarkeesian is not a real gamer. So because she's not a real gamer, all the points that she makes about tropes in video games, in particular, are false and don't need to be recognized as valid. That's 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 a section of it. It's, it's much GamerGate is much 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 larger than that, but it ties into what we've been talking about in in that sense. That you have people who you have people on sites like Reddit and 4chan who have proudly been, you know, launching attacks on people like Anita Sarkeesian, who have been advocates for diversity in video game culture and saying, you know, and saying things like, hey, you know, women shouldn't just be prizes for for you know shouldn't just be prizes at the end of your game, like Princess Peach, you know. They shouldn't yeah. just be the accessory while you're on your quest, like Link or like Zelda in, in, in Hyrule. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The thing about it is, it pisses me off, I guess, is 
I mean, when we ask for diversity, it doesn't mean that every single game has to be a black dude or a Hispanic dude. And I think that's what they don't get. You know, yeah, you can kind of have a damsel in distress, I guess, if it goes with the story, but don't make it. That's all. Only time you see women, they're either prostitutes or they're needing to be saved. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's the fact that it's a constant. It's what's the problem. It's not the fact that it happened. Yeah. Mario wouldn't be Mario if Princess Peach wasn't getting captured every at the end of uh, at the beginning of every game. You know and what's what crazy saying? is that's the basis of every single Mario game. It is. <laughs> that's, that's literally the basis of every single Mario game. It's the basis. Bowser attacks the castle. Peach is gone. Go save her. In the uh, one we were playing recently, Mario World 3D on the Wii U, actually Peach is one helping save female fairies who are captured now. So, Wait, well, hold on, say it again? I said on uh, Mario World 3D on the uh, mm-hmm. Wii U, uh, Peach is actually along on the adventure with uh, the Blue Toad, <laughs> uh, Mario Luigi, Mario Luigi, and they're actually going to a whole other kingdom and saving fairies, magical fairies, who were captured huh. by Bowser. Wow. So it's different, but there's still females being captured and need help. These magical fairies can't Muster up enough magic between all of them to defeat Bowser. They need the plumber to come and do it. But so it's still there. It may not be Peach, but it's still there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, why you, that you know what annoying? I think? When, you know what I, You know what else I think is kind of part of the reason people are upset by this, and even people in the gaming industry who are upset by this, because it challenges them. Because if they can't do that then it challenges them to have to be more creative with their design, mm-hmm. with their plot line, with the stories that they come up with, with the storylines that help, you know, create the that help build the plot from where it is at the beginning to where it where it ends when you when you're finishing the game. You know, it's really That's easy neat. to to go back to, you know, damsel in distress, oh so and so gets kidnapped, you know, oh this happens, you know what I mean? It's really easy to rely on that. But yeah, I think it's got to be extra chart. It's got to be extra hard and extra challenging to try to create something that doesn't rely on stuff like that. It's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like with music. How in the music industry, as far as pop music, there's a formula, and stuff that doesn't go along with the formula often may not get released or put out because you don't know how it's going to do. So I feel like mm-hmm. in some, you know, uh, and I don't know this to be true. Just you know, just kind of going, uh, going off. But um, you know, I, I could easily see that being being the case here. You know, you have you you have you have you know, you you have a, a large you know a largely male uh, fan base fan bases for most of these specific types of games, and so it's really easy to go to stuff that you know fits. You know, it fits the narrative of of what they want to see. You know what I mean? But also, they don't they don't want fully covered Lara Croft. They want tits and ass. You know what I mean? But the thing is, we, that's true. That's true. But we still have Lara Croft. And on top of that, Lara, <laughs> Lara Croft is more clothed now than she's ever. Okay. And the game was phenomenal. Right. The last Tomb Raider game was phenomenal. Right. But when it comes down to also, it's not just the game developer, okay? You got to think about this. We're talking about AAA games. This is a big company. It's the publishers behind it. 
and the publishers say what goes on because we're funding you. So you're going to make right. the type of games that we can sell. And that's why, you know, indie gamers, indie developers are so important to support because you get the, the stuff that you normally wouldn't get with AAA. AAA wouldn't dare put their toes in. A game like Minecraft, there's no AAA studio that would make a game like that, ever, ever. But then once it happened from some indie studio, you know, now you have Microsoft buying them out because they saw there was a market for it. You know, big companies don't like to take risks. They don't want to change. They want to ride the cash cow until it's dead. You know what I'm saying? And the, it, most of the time it's the publisher. And uh, like my instructor, I mean, he's a game developer. He has two companies, and he's been to all type of uh, development conferences and everything. And he's talked to a lot of different developers, a lot of big-time developers. And they all say the same thing. You know, it's, it's really the publisher. You know, they want to do a lot of different stuff. It may not be different, you know, to the way we think is, is, is still fair for us. But still, the publisher has their thumb in the back of their neck, like, you know, do this or we cut the funding. Yeah. And that it, it, all, comes, it all comes down to money, too. And the yeah. people who are in power are white folks who have the money to say, hey, you're going to make this. You know, so. Yeah. No, I, I want to bring you in on this because I know that you're not a, a, a game developer or even a hardcore gamer, but I know that you have played games and, you know, you're with Everett and, and you, you, you you're a woman, obviously. So, like, what, 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 is all, what does all of this mean to you so far? Just as far as the conversation and stuff we've been covering. What? Why are you looking at me? Are you talking about just Gamergate in general? No, I mean just, just, just you know, not only Gamergate, but just as far as like this whole back and forth that me and Everett just had. As far as like representation and tropes, mm-hmm. etc. I think like I, whenever you talk about whenever people even write about or talk about representation of women and people of color in games, you always get called like like you're a social justice warrior, you're just you know what I'm saying, like you're trying to um oh like some people like are always like asking the question like why does every game have to be judged according to diversity, you know, or anything like why can't it just be judged on so they basically solely based on the writing or the style or whatever, the gameplay, like, why do we always talk about race and gender? And I think that if they were the first, if they were on the other side of the fence, like if you weren't a white male or if you weren't just, you know, you you would understand why it's important to talk about those things and not just talk about them, but we talk about something so that we can do something about it. You know, I'm not really like a hardcore gamer, but, you know, I play games and <clears throat> I like, see, my thing is like cartoons. You know, like animation and like being in like the, the the game art and everything like that. And when I don't see, I never, I, I can't really. Besides Left for Dead, like I don't see that many positive black female characters. You know, like and then like as far as like black male characters, like there you had um, in Left for Dead, you had was Left for Dead. You had Coach, but he was just like this. Idiot jock guy, like he was just like stereotypical. But then you see like prototype, where you have this. I think he was like a, a black Latino or something, he was, he was or whatever. 
But he, um, you see this guy, this guy, and he's like, has, I mean, he's just he's very human, and like, I really enjoy watching Everett play pro type. I didn't play it myself, but I watched him play it, and I was very surprised that this guy was like the main character. And it's like, you know, why is it that every every black character, even like, I can't say really black female character because like the Left 4 Dead, and then like there's some fighting games that have some black female characters, but like. You won't see like you won't see like a game with like an intricate story that involves like a black female as a main character who's not like a prostitute or some sort of welfare super baby mama or something like that. Like you won't see that. And I really wish that people would stop complaining about us talking about these problems and like realize that we play these games so we deserve to see ourselves in these games and everything does not revolve around white guys. So. Exactly. And sometimes they try to paint it as like we're just trying to upset the balance. Like, why is it such a problem that white guys are the main characters? Like, why does race even matter? And it's like, well, if it doesn't matter, then what? It shouldn't matter if there's a black man character there. It shouldn't matter if we ask that question, if it really isn't an issue. Right. Uh, a lot, of, yeah. And, and the, the, it's funny because the typical response you get, the uh, the typical response you get is is usually along the lines of, you know, I wouldn't give a sh- I wouldn't give a shit if it was a male or black guy, if it was a white guy or black guy. As long as the game is good, and we know that's largely not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy playing games with you know white characters, but I want to see people who look like me too. You know, and yeah. when I start developing games, I'm doing stuff. I mean, I'm gonna make black characters. I'm gonna make you know Latino characters and, and Asian characters and whatever because hopefully uh, definitely female. Of course, female. Yeah, but that's that's because that's the world I live in. You know what I'm saying? I'm an atheist, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to have somebody who's religious in my game. That's just not realistic. And if you're going for being realistic, you have to include everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And not just right. by include, just like the kind of inclusion where you have this white guy who's a main character who goes to Japan or some other country, and then you see, and then that's when you see people of other ethnicities. You know, not that kind of inclusion, but like actually having an Asian male play a main character. Or a, a, a Latina female being a main character and like doing stuff that would be considered heroic, or just like making a really good game and like not thinking that a person of color being the main character is going to mess up the storyline. And like you said, like when you look at sci-fi and fantasy, it's almost like black people, you know, anybody of color doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, you can still have those great, fantastic stories in video games, movies, comic books, etc. And still have a black or a Latino or Asian main character. So, it's, people right. act like this is so fucking much, and it's, it's not. It's light. But we exist. <laughs> I think they act like it's so much because they don't really have diversity in their studios. Like, That's like true. There's not, and so, like, a lot of people, especially I find white people, because they are the, they are, they consider themselves to be the default. They consider white to be the default. You know, like, so they don't go see a lot of black movies or do a lot of, like, or or feel like they can't write black characters or create black characters because they feel like we have a whole entire different life experience than them. 
and they feel like they can't, some of them feel like they can't write it well enough or they can't, they can't relate to it. And like, but we, black people, we go see movies that have a white cast all the time and, you know, we don't think about it like that. We can relate to your person and we can relate exactly. to you, you know. And the funny thing is they only go off the stereotypes. Right. But it's the same stereotypes that they created in the first place. Exactly. It's circular. So, oh, I can't do this, but then you do it all the time. Right. Because because folks don't also don't realize that, you know, just having these representations will fight these stereotypes, you know? Like having, showing like, oh, hey, we can portray black people that are, you know, that can wield swords and cast magic. You know, like that's something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like when you say stuff like, like when you say that stuff in general to people, like they'll think they'll look at you like you're ridiculous. But you know, you can say it. You can say it about someone like a, a cloud from Final Fantasy. That's not that's not unrealistic because that's mm-hmm. essentially what you've been trained to look at. You know, you associate you you can associate one with the other because that's what you see. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like showcasing, you know, black people that are not poor or in the hood or even in a modern setting. Because, you know, a lot of these RPG and fantasy games usually like to take place in like some medieval whatever time, you know, some feudal era or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you don't need, you don't ever, you don't ever get games like that that have black folks in it in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And if you do, exactly. they're usually like an enemy character or maybe just a character that you come across in passing. Or it won't be a black character. Yeah. It'll be like, um, if you do medieval, it won't be a black character. It'll be like Middle Eastern or, or Asian or something. Like, it won't even yep. be like, like, because they don't want, I, I think a lot of times you go like medieval times, like, you don't want like, people of color to really exist in your world. You just want to focus on yourself. Well, not you, but, you know, in the game. And they don't ever think think of people of color in in those types of things either. They don't, Mm -hmm. you know. That's why why a dude who wrote that article about Gotham was complaining, you know. He thinks it's unrealistic for a fantasy, uh, for a uh, a, a city that does not actually exist to have people in it that are black or to have people in positions of power that are black or women. Who aren't criminals. <laughs> huh? Cause he did, who aren't criminals because he did mention that Catwoman could have been made a person of color. It could have been black or whatever, and that would have been more realistic versus having a cute little pretty white girl as Catwoman. Basically, he's saying that it would have been more realistic had the black people been criminals or right. cronies rather than main characters or police chiefs. So the police chief is not pro- but yep, man. and they probably would have, and they probably, and honestly, people probably might have complained then, saying Catwoman was supposed to be white just because Catwoman and in almost every other depiction of Batman has been a white woman. Right. I said almost. I know Eartha Kitt played Catwoman. But yes, she did. <laughs> but you know, you know, 
generally, it's like Earth generally they, you know, generally they don't, they don't, you know, folks don't associate one with the other. Like you should, I would like, I wish I could have, I wish I could have taken a snapshot of my face when, of my face, of my kids' faces, and even some of the people I worked with when I brought up the fact that like Nubia exists. Like you don't have to call her Black Wonder Woman. You can just say Nubia. It's it's okay. She has a name, you know. Mm-hmm. Or or talking about you know uh, I think I think it's called Batwing or whatever. The the the, the Batman yeah, storyline is based that's based in Africa. Yeah, we have two of his comics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a fucking okay. beast. Yeah, yeah, but like. Like, you, don't, so you don't ever think like people. People don't know about stuff like that. So if you mention it or if they see it, they um, you know they 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 throw shade or or they try to discredit or disrespect it or like or they try to bring they try to be purists and be like, oh no, that's not him. That's not how it's supposed to be. Right. But you know what though, the thing that's funny about Batwing too is. The city is made up in a fictional world that doesn't exist. But when you see a black character, it's because Batman decided to leave Gotham and travel the world, and he ended up in Africa somehow on a planet that's completely fictional. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that bothers me too. That's not how Batman was made. Yeah, he left Gotham and was traveling around the world trying to fight crime all over the world instead of just in Gotham, and he came across Dude. Oh, yeah. 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 And he saw that he felt like he was worthy, so the white man had to figure out who was worthy or not. And <laughs> what are you talking about, Hardison? What is Hardison? <laughs> oh my God! No, bro, no. I know. I'm no, really? talking about. I don't care. Like to be honest, yeah. I saw that you had wrote that on the notes, and I had no idea what it was. But I figured I maybe wrote- maybe maybe she's had bad handwriting and I can't just read I can't understand it, and so I'll know when she says it. But I have no idea what that is. What is what is Hardison? Finn is from Leverage, and he is. That's um, right. Okay, that makes sense. Not that I've seen Leverage, but now I remember you mentioning it. Okay. Yeah. I remember he's, now. He's. He's that dude. You need to watch Leverage. It's something. It's, it, it, I think it's only like five seasons long, which pissed me off. But it's it's it's, it's five seasons long, and Hard. Oh my God, I love Hardison so much. I mean, I love the whole cast, but Hardison was like by far my favorite character because I was so surprised. You know, you had the um the con artist, you had the thief, you had the um you had the um mind. What was it? It was there was five of them, right? You had the mastermind, the con artist, the thief. There was one other person who I can't remember right now. And then um and then there was Hardison. And Hardison surprised me by being the nerdy guy, the guy, the computer guy. He was a tech guy. He was he grew up as a foster child and was a hacker. Master hacker. Like he was great and it was just like I was so oh, surprised. Oh, okay. I'm just now remembering what show you're talking about. Yeah. I've still never seen it, but now I now I now I know who you're talking about. 
the white okay. guy. He was the Muslim. Yeah. He was the he was the military guy. He was the Muslim. Okay. Tactical. Yeah. yeah. I love Hardison so much. Yes. He was great, and even though he was only the only black like main main character, there were other black characters that came in and throughout the story. You know what I'm saying? Like they weren't just criminals; they were people who needed help. They were, you know, families and just walk on characters, business owners. You know, like it was just like really, I really love Hardison like so much. And that's another. I feel like that was another example of like just kind of the black nerd culture. Like he's kind of a representative because. I loved it, and I'm mad that the show's gone because of him, just because of him. Like, I, I just, like, even just, like, geek culture in general has just, like, come up. Like, we see shows like The Big Bang Theory, like, a bunch of, well, that's kind of more typical, I guess, of the mainstream, like, a bunch of white guys, nerdy white guys living living, living around each other, you know, and then there's the, um, the white girl from Charm who is, like, one of the main characters, and that's one of the most popular shows right now. And it's just a bunch of nerds. It is, but it's, it's interesting it's, when you break that when you break that show down. Like if you think about the character development and who often gets left as the butt of the jokes, like the only person of color on that show, period, is is the only one without a mate, and who's the only one who's frequent who's frequently just the butt of everyone's jokes. Everyone else is successful. Yeah. Everyone else is, is is prominent and doing great stuff, and everyone else has episodes and and whole storylines dedicated to them. But the only person of color on that show, the only one, is just the sidekick to them. He's there, right? You know, he right. doesn't get yeah, a lot of character development. You may you may see his parents every once in a while, but you don't see him date. You don't see you don't see him applying for work or, or having problems. Or, or or anything. He's just he's just uh he's the he's just the guy who's there, he's lonely, he can't get a date and he's just the butt of everyone's jokes. He's the token he's the token Indian guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like hey, we have diversity. Have yeah. We have diversity. Yeah. We hired one. <laughs> and that sucks, like I guess he he's kind of worse than Fred. Yeah. Yeah, he's worse than Fred. Worse Fez. than who? Oh, Fez? Fez. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's worse than Fez. At least Fez had stories and he had a girlfriend, even though she was terrible. They loved yeah, I mean, baby. like when I when I when I like I haven't like I'll, I'll I'll admit like I haven't seen all of Big Bang Theory. I've seen a lot of it, but I, I haven't like I, I've seen more of the recent. Like within the last couple of years, episodes than I then though the episodes when it premiered in like 2007 or whenever it was. But from what I've seen, because I've seen I've seen a lot of episodes, like there really are there are very few, if any, storylines that are that are dedicated to him. You know, like, mm-hmm. this, like I remember, uh, uh, and, and unlike other episodes that where where other characters have have ones that'll last different episodes like Leonard and Penny's relationship is is a consistent theme they're together they're not together you know that affects how they treat each other here and there and blah 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 whereas this dude like 
he, all, all the storylines are one and done. Oh, he was—he tried to ask so and so on a date. It didn't really work out. Awkward. Well, that sucks. We move on. <laughs> Say it again. Oh, yeah, now let's laugh at him. Basically, yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, big, I, like Big Bang Theory is still hilarious. Like, it's a funny ass mm-hmm. show. Like, I, I <laughs> when, when it comes on, I watch and I do. I crack. I crack up watching it. But that being said, you know, there's still there's still a lot to unpack. You know, as far as that show, as far as that show in particular is concerned. There's still there's a lot to unpack. You know? Exactly. And I mean and that just goes back to, you know, representation. Like mm-hmm. like if you think about it and I brought this up when we when we first when we had our call previously to discuss this, but like when you think of like black nerds in general, just in terms of television, like what 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 rep you know who did who was there for for anyone to really look at? You had Urkel, you know. You had Urkel. You had you had TG, you had Smart Guy. I guess you can consider him one. Um, TJ. Who? His name was TJ. He wasn't something like that, right? Yeah, TJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, and and I guarantee, like, most of the examples you can think of outside of. Was was the girl on Family Matters Myra or, or whatever? Yeah, Myra. And then you have yeah, Carlton. Like, Carlton. Was yeah, smart. yeah, Carlton. Like when you think about it, like the over, and the, even when you think about it, like the overwhelming majority of these are men. Mm-hmm. They're they're black they're black male nerds. You don't you didn't you really didn't nerds get much cute. if any. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Any representation. And if you look at them, they're meant to be laughed at too. Like, yeah, to be a black they're nerd. They're meant to be laughed at or, be, or just be side characters. Mhm. And like Urkel, his whole thing, yeah, he was smart as hell, but he was clumsy and he was he made not good with girls, and he made even though he was so smart, he made bad decisions often, and he was the butt of every joke. And yeah. This is on a, a, a black time. Like being a nerd was looked down upon. Still, even even though he was extremely popular, and I mean, as far as the show goes, yeah, he became Stefan. He became the shit, and then he had everything together. But he wasn't. No, Stefan was nice though, wasn't he? I don't remember. He was smart, but it was more that he looked good and he had swag and cologne on and shit. Like, yeah, he became the shit. Became Stefan. When he took the nerd attire off, when he took the glasses off, when he stopped talking about smart stuff and started talking, that's when he became desirable. And the funny thing, yeah, like, like stuff, stuff like that is stuff I hate. Like, I really hate shit. I really hate shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate that that, uh, I, I hate that, 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 you know, nothing changed about him outside of the way he dressed and suddenly, like, it was, he was fine. It was almost as if the person he was prior was not good enough. So once he changed to conform to what other people or or what made society considered to be adequate for 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 him, then all of a sudden it was fine. You know what I mean? I don't like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, princess. 
the Princess Diaries. You remember Anne Hathaway? How mm-hmm. you know she wasn't she wasn't you know prepared to be a princess or be a ruler or be anything the way she was. No, she had to get her her her, her teeth whitened and 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 her hair straightened and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That irritated me so much. Right, like. I remember being a kid watching Urkel, watching Family Matters, and my sister thought I told me, like, I mean, he's dressed up like Urkel. He doesn't look good. When he said, fine, he's sexy. And, like, she was young at the time, too, but it was, like, it's still embedded in, you know, it's terrible. <laughs> he's the same. Right, like, he's the same. It's just his, his outfit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. He's the same person. The exact same Thank person. You. you clown you you clown him for being good at science, and now now all of a sudden it's like word. This nigga no science. Shit. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he doesn't have his jeans up to his nipples and has suspenders on, so <laughs> he's cool now. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's crazy. Now, it's now, crazy. now that his glasses don't have, now that he doesn't have the glasses with a little chain on it and socks with sandals, now he's cool. Yeah, right. He's not driving that that smart car. That right. Was, that car was. Let's put that out there. But guess what? He had a car though. Mhm. He could get around. Laura didn't have a car. Urkel had a car. Did we ever meet his parents? Never met Urkel's parents. I don't think. No, I don't remember. <laughs> Seeing his parents, it was like his parents didn't exist. They were always on vacation. He was a lonely child. Yeah, <laughs> he was the only child. That, I hate that too. Like they made the only, they made the only, they always make the only child like super weird. He was the only child, and it just seemed like his parents were never around. Right. Oh, I don't know the Urkel family. <laughs> <laughs> I think most I think most people at, at that age would have loved to like have parents that wasn't there. Like, y'all get to go hang out with the hot girl next door, and I get mm-hmm. kicked out. Do what I want. Oh, it wasn't that hot. Myra was a way better upgrade. That's your mother. She looks a lot better now. Yeah, she does. She does. Laura now is fine. Mm-hmm. I never thought Laura was that cute back then. No, no, but she was okay was back then. Bad. And Myra was bad. I and felt like he hung out Myra. And he was just playing this woman. Laura didn't appreciate her. I mean him. Yeah. Laura didn't appreciate him. And that was my whole thing. That was my whole problem with that show. I loved Urkel. The both ways. Both ways. I felt like if he could clean up the Stephon, then that's all I need to know. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I mean, I like I like his nerdiness. I like that he knew how to do things that other people didn't know how to do. And he accepted himself. He, yeah. he loved right. Urkel. No, Laura didn't love him the way he needed to be loved. She she was the worst this time. I didn't even know why he was like fucking around trying to get at her because she wasn't about that. Like she she didn't, she was the type of person who would have grew up, had kids, got married, and did all that boring shit, and then we we'll always we we'll always yeah we we'll always be thinking about we we'll always be thinking about what if you know what I'm saying like he he, he could have been the best thing she never had you know she didn't appreciate him she she didn't do him like she should. I don't like her. <laughs> we break down Urkel. We break it down bare bones. This is what we do on here. We ain't just reminiscing. 
I gave you the whole run. No, I got, I got slightly emotional. It, it fits with the show. It fits with, it fits with who we are. That always made me mad, though. I, I can stand Lori just because of how she treats me. <laughs> Mm-mm. There it is. We've been all over the place. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was kind of the point. <laughs> was, that was that was kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Like, you got talking about Sonic though. No, we didn't talk about Sonic though. Oh, you ain't ready for the Sonic convo. No, hold on. No, 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 no. I think you were mistaken what I was talking about with Sonic. It wasn't that I was talking about Sonic in particular. It was more of, okay, we talk about nostalgia, and you talk about, like, video games. Like, me and you are heavily in books. I'm a music guy, and I love soundtracks for video games. Like, you you guys are thinking that she'll catch me randomly on on YouTube listening to damn near whole soundtracks from whole video games. Like, I love it. And people always think about, the, you know, the original Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo like, okay, in my class, we play, like, uh, uh, video game music all the time. And I hear, like, the Super Mario Bros. from uh, Super Nintendo a million times a day. But I don't hear Sonic. And Sonic, in my opinion, had the better soundtrack. Way and better. Way better soundtrack. Way better. And I adored it. And I adored Sonic in general. Like, I love Super Mario Bros. Don't get it twisted. But people, I, I feel like... Sonic was remembered because of the air, but I hear so many people talk talk shit about Sonic to this day, even about some of the older games, which I don't completely understand at all. Because Sonic was a solid game. It was. I love Sonic. Sonic was a. I mean, I get a lot of flag from <laughs> Nintendo fanboys on this, but Sonic was the, was Sonic was the better franchise, in my opinion. For it was better from a gameplay standpoint. It was definitely a harder game because you had you, there were multiple ways to really kill enemies, and multiple ways that you yourself could be attacked that you exactly. had to account for, you know. And the I mean the soundtracks, like you said, were better. Clearly, mm-hmm. like I could I I can go back and I can go listen I can go listen to the Sonic Three uh, soundtrack. Like, I don't I don't even care if the if the joint is all meaty music like that. It's all dope. You can still bump a lot and of that. I played it on the PC. I love the casino music. When you were yes. I played on PC. I played I played um Sonic on Sega. Yeah, when I first played it. And oh, and I can speak on that too. Uh, Sega oh, was one of the controllers ever. That's your another day. You said um, the worst controllers. No, In my opinion, the worst controller was the fucking Fat Boy Xbox controller. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was the worst. I think we've talked about this before. <laughs> Comfort wise, that was the, <laughs> the Sega the, the the Sega all them damn buttons on the front. And I know some some people would, would hate me for it because if you play with like a, a a game stick, you know, I mean there are a lot of buttons on there like arcades and everything. But it was different because you had a big ass arcade which you could rest you could rest your wrist on and you could hit the buttons easily. You're trying to hold that little ass controller in your hand with six buttons on the front. That shit was terrible. Terrible. <laughs> but, um, you will. And all the, all the Sega fans out there listening, kick rocks. It was terrible. You, you learn you learn to admit it. 
But, uh, nah. I'm going to let you have that, but I, I, I ain't really, I ain't mind the Sega Genesis controller. Ooh. Okay, when you played the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo controller, it was so fucking comfortable. And that's why they took that format. I mean, yeah, by comparison, it was definitely more comfortable. It was, it was smaller. It was a smaller but controller. Not, but even if it was bigger, it would have been the same because of the button format. You know what I'm saying? Instead of having six buttons on the front, you have four buttons on the front, and then you have two triggers on each side. The, that's what I'm talking about as far as the Super Nintendo. That was so much more comfortable and functional than having all those damn buttons on the front. And that's why PlayStation, even though they added more triggers and you know added more buttons later on, and Xbox and, 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 and hell, Sega later on, they took that format, even though... I could talk about the GameCube controller too, but the GameCube controller <laughs> was way more comfortable. No, the GameCube controller was weird. Okay, it stood out. There. It was flat out weird. But after you played it enough times, you got so used to it, it was like any other controller. You didn't really but care. Don't play. Yeah, but don't I, play I, GameCube. I honestly prefer it. I prefer it to the Wii. I haven't played the Wii U controller, so I can't speak to that. But I can speak mm-hmm. to the GameCube. Okay. Like I much prefer. I mean, and maybe it's because I got so used to playing with the GameCube controller that I don't that I prefer it, or I just don't mind it, or maybe just because it's traditional compared to the Wii controller. I, I, you, I prefer like, it. My nephew had a GameCube. I never actually owned a GameCube, but he was over like every other day. So he would always just bring his system, and I would always ask him, "Nigga, do not forget to bring the GameCube controller when playing Smash Brothers." In my opinion, there's no other better way to play Smash Brothers. Dog. Damn right. Oh, no. like, just, I, I refuse to play Smash Bros. without the GameCube controller. Like, I can they do it. it the game. I hate it. That controller. Um, could I play it on an Xbox-like controller? Or I could, but it wouldn't be the same. You know what I'm saying? It's like people yeah. who are like heavy on playing PC games. They don't like playing with console controllers that much. They'd rather have the mouse and, and the keyboard. And I understand that. As weird as that may be to me, I understand that just based on the GameCube and Smash Bros. alone, but yeah, but, that's, um, that's foreign. That's foreign to me too. Yeah, like on the Wii U, they have the uh, the, tablet, the Wii U right? Pro, the Pro Controller. They have the tablet too. The tablet for me is comfortable, but it's big as fuck. I'm used <laughs> to playing on it now. It kind of sits on my lap a little bit, and I just do do what I do with it. Uh, Noah normally plays with the Pro Controller, and the Pro Controller is basically. A Xbox 360 knockoff. Right. Seriously, it's, it's a flat-out knockoff of the 360 controller. It's it's extremely comfortable. They did it well. Um, personally, if I hated the goddamn Nintendo, uh, uh, the N64 controller, and the only reason why is because of the stick in the middle. I have very big hands. I that joint through that and, that thing was so was designed so weirdly, and, and what also made it weird is depending on what game you com what game you play, like that stick might actually need to be used, and there were almost no there was almost no position for you to like use it that was comfortable. Yeah. Play GoldenEye, you have to use the 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 the, the, the center uh, part of the controller. You have to use the stick. Same with uh, Mario sixty four, you had to use it. You couldn't switch up yeah. and use the D-pad. And the D-pad wasn't that great on the on the controller either, for the record. It wasn't. For games you didn't. Mine, mine, mine froze a whole lot, so I ended up having to use yeah. the stick. 
I don't know how many times I had to take the controller apart to clean it. Yep, because same for some here. reason, I sealing wasn't good on it. And if you had the slightest bit of, like, flaming hot cheese on your fingers or anything, it would, get, it would sink <laughs> down that controller so quick and fuck everything up. And you're kids. You're eating candy and drinking juice and shit. Your hands are to clean it. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, it was it was just it was it was just weird. Like my game on N sixty four was WWE was WWF No Mercy. Like that was my game. Nobody was seeing okay, me on No Mercy. Nobody was seeing air. me on some No Mercy, huh? This on air. Mr. I'm just Brooks, saying, my brother. I still what? have that game. I still have that game right now. I'm telling, bro. I still have my N sixty four controller. We could, we could we could we could do this when I'm in, when I come I'm up there. Play. 2014 on that shit, all right? And I still huh? have w, I have Mayhem, No Mercy, No Way Out. I have I have all of them. Only thing I don't have is the ECW game. Yeah, that yo the ECW I, game was dope. I didn't was I didn't play it as much as as No Mercy, but it was it was still a solid game. Even though I didn't really know half the people on there. The only ones I Rob did were were when, were when you unlocked like the older older legends like Rob Van Dam and uh mm-hmm. and Rhino. Rhino, Rob Van Dam, Sabu. Yep. Uh, Cherry Funk, please. Cactus Jack. Oh yeah. yeah. ECW Cactus oh, yeah. Jack. Got a Cactus Jack. That guy. But um, the uh, back to what I was saying. We kind of went off on the tangent. Sonic was a solid game. Like, man, I mean, it's like Biggie and Tupac. You know, some people are for Biggie, some people are for Tupac. I personally thought Biggie was a better rapper. That's just me. That's just me. And that I say, I say that all the time, and I still catch I still catch crap from people. I catch so much nah, crap from people. But that, that that's a whole that's a whole other show, dog. <laughs> you already know that's a whole other show. Stop! right there. I will say I will say Biggie is the best. Biggie will forever be the superior rapper, the superior rhymer. Me. Maybe not the superior songwriter, but he's definitely the superior rhymer to Pot. I don't know. Hands down. Biggie's stories were phenomenal. Right? Yep. No. Pac's thing was what he actually talked about when he wasn't on bullshit was very positive and uplifting and amazing. Yeah. And that's why I love them both. Overall. Biggie had a diversity in his content that that made him a bit more appealing. You know, yeah, but For different time. show. We'll, 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 we'll yeah, different. We, we have to. We can even talk. We can even tackle that on the podcast. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I, I'm with you 110. percent I mean, so- Sonic, as far as I was concerned, like was always the superior franchise. He had the the better games, and honestly, I I, I like the plot lines a lot more than I ever did. Like no I, I like that. I like that with every with every you know with with newer Sonic games you got introduced to newer characters, um, and 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 each game kind of while the the basic format of it was always generally kind of the same thing, like there was still you know there was still more to there was still more to it than that. Like Sonic Three, you had to deal with well who is this red guy and why the heck is he trying to kill me. You know, Red turns Tom. out his knuckles. Turns out his knuckles, and his, he's been tricked by Doctor Eggman. You know what I mean? 
you know, you go mm-hmm. couple couple years later, couple years later, Sonic CD on um, on the PC, you introduce the Amy to Amy Rose, and then you got to deal with uh, the time travel aspect. You know, playing through levels in the past, the present, and future. Now, dealing with Metal that. Sonic and all of that, huh? Nick was great. I'm gonna say something about that. Sonic was great at not sticking to the same thing while sticking to the same thing, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Like, they kept the format. They kept the basis of the game the same. But they really tried to do stuff different, which is something that the Mario franchise is trying to do now. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, even, they're, they're trying I'd to do that I'd say it, it accomplished kind of, it to, to some degree. Kind of. I, what, I mean, Second City was, was, Second City was a good game. I'd never beat it, but I enjoyed it while I was playing it. I beat it now, once, my, I, was, and I actually couldn't tell you what happened at the end. Right. When they brought Shadow in, though, killed it. Shadow was still my favorite character, even over Sonic. Fucking love Shadow. Yep. Shadow was a beat. And he was, he was a black hedgehog. I said it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I... Yeah, um, like I know this will never happen, but what I would really, really love to see from Sonic is I would like to see, like, I, I would like to see. I don't want to say a more adult themed game, but I think if they were, if they were to ever make like a Sonic, a Sonic game that was a bit more adult themed, you know, where you know it, it wasn't plot lines weren't just as simple as. Oh, let's just get the Chaos Emeralds before Eggman, and we're good. You know, mm-hmm. where yeah, where you know where there was a like a, a like part of what attracted me to Sonic Adventure was one the fact that you you had six different characters, and you when you played through, you got to see how all of their separate stories eventually intertwined. Like I loved, I loved that. Sonic Adventure, and and and, and I liked game. that, huh? That was an amazing game. And you had chaos yeah. there. It was just it was different. It was Robotnik still, but it was it was it was different. You know what I'm saying? You really didn't know what to expect because um like you could sort of put things together but you didn't really understand everything until you beat all all six character storylines. Then you got to the fine you got to the perfect chaos storyline and then like suddenly it all came together. You understand who that weird hedgehog you always ran into, and you know in those in those uh those pyramids that pyramid area, yeah. you had to find out who she was and what she had to do with anything, you know, who or what is chaos and why the heck is he so angry, you know. I'm gonna say something. Like, I love I loved that. I beat that game twice. I said I beat that game twice. Dog, I used to I used to spend my Saturdays just replaying that game from start to finish, just right. for the sake exactly. of doing it. Yeah, I would have beat it many more times if if the second Dreamcast and it had shitty controller ports that blew out. That shit on that. <laughs> like, I, I swear, I probably beaten Sonic Adventure around five hundred times. The one thing that I hated about that fucking game, and I mean it's a deep passion to hate. Was big story. I oh, cannot yeah. stand big. Oh, and yeah. he had one I, battle, he fought chaos, and all you had to do was throw his fishing rod in and pull out 
the Chaos Emerald or some stupid shit. Pull out the right. fish or some stupid shit. The, 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 no, no, pull out that, that frog. That's what, it was his frog. Remember? Oh, that's it? That was, his his they, frog has I, swallowed the they, emerald and Chaos has swallowed the frog. So all you, he was just trying to get the frog out from inside. That was his big battle. And that shit took like five seconds. If it took right. any longer, you probably need to you practice fail. more video games. That shit was <laughs> dumb easy and it was stupid. I enjoyed yeah, the robot. Was... Like, he was cool. He could fly and shoot things. It was nice to see somebody who actually shoot The people. one thing, my only my only other complaint was I didn't really like how they relegated Knuckles to just being, like, the treasure hunter. You know? I didn't like yeah. that. Like, he, he, went from being, he went from being, you know, the badass, the nemesis, to being the guy who gets who gets tricked really easily and somehow always loses his always gets his emerald broken and he has to go find everything. And he became the the weaker sidekick, like even weaker than Tails. And that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. And have yeah, you seen was, the, the trailer for For who? They have him the, for the new Sonic game coming out, they have Knuckles yeah. as tall as a big buff as hell. With my man, my, my nigga looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he is buff for no reason. Mhm. Yeah. Like what are you doing, bro? I'm like not, say like terrible. <laughs> right? Like come no on, dog. Like what is what is what is this? What is going on here? And why is this? And why is this? I'm still gonna get the game though. I want to see it. It looks cool. It looks cool. It's, it's I'm gonna weird. try. I'm gonna try it because I'm holding out. I'm holding out hope that I'm holding out hope that it just won't be that terrible. That eventually, you that you know, we had Sonic and the Black Knight and Sonic 06 and Sonic Unleashed, and I'm hoping eventually, like they'll just get, they'll just make a game that's just like not terrible. Okay. Sonic so Colors was cool. Terrible. Huh? You saying Sonic Unleashed was terrible? I didn't say it was terrible. It, it, it's not a terrible game. The only the thing it. I did not like the thing I did not like about Sonic Unleashed was those little chips or things that you had to collect. Like I didn't like that, and I didn't and like, you know, like the point of a Sonic game, you know, you, you're supposed to be able to speed through the joint. Like you want to go fast mm-hmm. and all that, and. I, I, it's not that I it's not that I disliked the werewolf levels. I thought they were cool and unique because they were different. But the collecting the whole like you need to get a certain amount of chips in order to the pack. Like I didn't like that because then I found yeah. myself like going through levels instead of speeding through and enjoying the levels. Like I'm I'm walking through the levels, like searching, hitting everything, trying to figure out what's what's Mm-hmm. What, what can what can I destroy and where the where are the rest of these dang on um, chips that I need to collect? I've heard like I actually looked into the game and I heard because I had a nostalgic I want to play a newer Sonic game thing like a year ago and I looked into it and the reviews said the same thing like when you're playing Sonic it's it's cool but when you're playing his unleashed form he's it's slow as hell it slows the game down a lot and a lot of people complain because you know in Sonic games. Here's the beginning. There's the end. How fast can you get there without dying? And pretty much that was and that wasn't the case. I mean, they yeah, tried to do was. something different. Which I, once again, I invite it and I enjoy it. I love seeing people put twists on games 
especially if they can really pull it off. Right. And right, right, right. Um It was just I, I just like, it was just it was just fru- it was just frustrating because, you know, it's like you think you're advancing, you have the big you have the big dope cutscene and then you realize you can't even go to the level after the cutscene because you don't have all the chips needed to get there. I'm like, What? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> like, I was like I was I was super upset. I'm glad I didn't spend I'm, I'm glad I didn't spend like sixty bucks on that game. Just like my favorite uh, new my favorite new Sonic game was Sonic Generation. Of I course, love that. Game. And, and you know what it was? Game, it wasn't even so much playing through the new levels, playing through the new level, playing through the new levels uh, remastered. It was playing through the old levels with the new Sonic. Like yeah. doing doing the chemical plant from Sonic Two, but playing it from behind Sonic instead of as a side scroller. It was a, it was great, and and seeing the old Sonic with better graphics too. When you're playing like old Sonic, I loved all of it, and how I love how they had like even though it was a side scroller, during certain things like if you're going fast and you go through a loop, they would turn it and make it 3D for a second, then flip it back to being 2D again. Little shit like yeah. that made me scream like a child. And I don't know. Yeah, I admit it. I scream like a child. But another game you would really love, I don't know if you played it, was Sonic, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 1. Loved it. I have that. Yeah, I have that, I have that on PS on my PS4, PS3. It's a good game. That game was a shit. That game is that dope. Game I loved it. It was basically just an updated version of what Sonic 4, <laughs> whatever Sonic it was. But it was great because it was better graphics. Just seemed like it was going a lot faster. I love. I want faster Sonic. I don't want slower Sonic. These yeah, generations exactly. should go fast. Okay. Uh, Noah says that we're going from the tangent. She's not a part of the conversation anymore. Bring you know her back. <laughs> what do I? What Bring do you, her back. Do I, do I, do I, do I don't. We know have, we have to have that big long epic Sonic, <laughs> Sonic conversation. Just had had to do it. She brought it up. She brought it up and on. I did bring it up because it was on the list, but I did not think that it. I mean, we only have like what five minutes left in the show. It's a great way to go out. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have time for the podcast, or are we are we just going to end it at end it at ten? We're probably just going to end it because we have homework. Yeah. That's what I was doing on a break, you guys. Living life. It's all good. See now, see ever talking about Sonic Generations? I'm about to turn on my PS3 and like buy it and download it right now because now I want to play it. I have it on my 360. Rick, I keep telling you what you need to play is Fed. Please do. We talk about it's Fed. We're gonna talk about Fed because it's F E Z. I'm gonna talk about Fed because like that's the apple of like kind of nostalgia, you know. Like it's like a two D, three D game, it's pixelated and it's an indie game and I don't know, it's so like I really love the style of the game, it's one of my favorite games, it's not my favorite video game of all time. It's a real Wait, chill so game. You said it says? Like S E Z? Like says from that seventy show, except with a Z. Like a hat, like a fez. <laughs> I'm so, oh, oh, okay. Apparently, I 
at this before, according to Wikipedia. Oh. Says no. Okay, I thought you were saying it says like S E Z. This was like says what is what it says. <laughs> I was super I was super super puzzled. Uh what is this on? It's an amazing beautiful. Where do you play this on? Oh, yeah, it's on oh well, according to this, you can play on 360, Windows, uh, OS X, play PS3, PS4, and the PS Vita. Okay. I heard, I heard that the... Don't buy it, though, because we have it. I heard that um, the PC version... Are you sending it to me? What? How was it better? I heard that... It, I've heard that it was bad. The earlier version was shitty because it had a lot of bugs and everything. But Phil Fish actually put a lot of patches out for the PC version that he didn't put out for the console version. Because it was Wait, say it again. Got the PC version, you said the PC version is better? Yeah, the PC version was actually better. Earlier on it wasn't. Okay, so basically he could do a lot of patches for the PC version because it didn't cost him anything much. But, like, for consoles, it costs, like, you get one patch free for each game. And after that, you have to pay $700 or more for each patch after that. So he had patches that needed to be put out for the uh, the Xbox 360, I think, solely. Uh, it may have been PS3, too, but I think it was just Xbox. And he refused to put out there because it was such a low percentage of people having the problem. He felt like it wasn't worth the money. So... And we happen to have a version that actually had the problem. So, like, after, after you beat the game twice, you're supposed to be able to play it a third time, and it wouldn't get past the load screen. It crashed. That's right. Yeah, we beat Fast Five back-to-back, because if you beat it two times, you unlock more things, so you can do other shit and figure out more things about the game. And it's such a good game, it actually makes you want to do it. So. Nice. Yeah. All right, guys. We got... About 60 seconds left, more or less. Well, it's got about 60. Yeah, they, yeah, I just got the just got the update. 60 seconds. Um, well, I guess we're we'll be ending on that note. Uh, shout out to everyone for listening in. Shout out to all my new, all the new listeners, all the old listeners. Um, check out our old shows. Check out our future shows. You know when they're up. And whatnot. <laughs> Share this link. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you guys got anything? Good here. I'm good. Wait, I'm what? good. I'm ready for. What? You said good. I year? said I'm good. What? I don't even know what we're talking about now. We're fine. We have nothing else to add. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was that was really just about I'm, it. All right. Well. <laughs> Five seconds left. Uh, to catch us next. We'll catch you guys later. Deuces. Deuces. We're officially podcast now, but now we can now we can hop off. Oh yeah, and one more thing. One more thing. Big L is better than Jay Z. Said it. Meant it. Hmm. Done. Said out. I mean that's fine. <laughs> I I I I, not, I wouldn't disagree with that. <laughs> 
No, my, me and my brother had an argument about that. Uh, Big L being better than Jay-Z. And I said if Big L hadn't have died. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. Big L was another Brooklyn rapper. Yeah, he was from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big L was an amazing just rapper. Okay, you remember the uh, Ebonic song? No. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, he had a besides the Ebonic song, which was an amazing song. He basically broke down damn near every slang word into layman's terms, basically, in a song, and it all rhymed. It was beautiful. It was a work of art. Um, he actually had a freestyle with him and Jay Z, and it was like what ten minutes long or something. Yeah. And they were going back and forth, back and forth, and every time Jay Z would say did a nice little cool verse, he would come behind him and just shred it. And it was it was Jay Z somewhat held his own, but it was just not it wasn't there. It wasn't Jay Z that we know today. It, yeah, it, it, it's yeah. It's like you probably could you could have put almost anyone in Jay Z's place and it would have been the same thing because Big L Big L was just on one on that beat. I can honestly say if you had to put Pac there, Pac would have got shredded. Pac was not the best freestyler. If you had put Biggie there, Biggie would have held his own better than, way better than Jay did. But Biggie was also on a different level than Jay then too. Biggie was yeah. way better rapper than Jay at that point. If it was Biggie and Big L, then he was also, they were also different rhymers too. Jay Z was still yeah. doing a lot of he was he was still rhyming quickly, as opposed to yeah. like after Big died when he really started slowing the flow down and stuff. Yeah, Jay was, was a hell of a tongue twist. That's why, like, now when he has songs that he'll tongue twist for a minute, it seems so fluid, because that's what he, that was the way he rapped originally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Folks don't realize it. Skills yeah. skills so that probably be lyrically Talib Kweli. Truthfully, I want to rhyme like Common Sense, but I did 200 mil. I ain't been rhyming like Common Sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, Big L was just he was an amazing punchline rapper. One. Yep. And he was just so lyrical. Like it was just it was truly art when that nigga decided to open his mouth and, and start rhyming. And it was really sad that he he he's gone now because personally, I feel like Jay Z was. No, yeah, Jazz O was 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 Jay Z's guy. But yeah, that was his. Jazzo was was over top Jay. Yeah, Jay Jay was his lackey. And actually, if you listen to Jigga What, he actually had a verse, which is the only mainstream verse that nigga ever had that I know of. Yep. He surpassed him. He surpassed him. Yeah, Jazzo. Huh? Yeah, Jazzo, Jay Z, Jazz. He was little jazz though. Yeah, yeah that's he, where, his, yeah, where his name came from. Was Jay Z? Because he tried, and, and Jazz O was a kind of was, was a tongue twister. He he actually he got all of his inspiration for his flow from Jazz O and Biggie. Those were his two idols. Yeah, Biggie, hey, Small. Biggie Small, and they were out around the same time. It didn't matter because they grew up together. Yeah. They all grew up together. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yo, Biggie, uh, Tupac mentioned Jay Z in songs before niggas knew who the fuck oh, Jay Z was. Jay Z. Jay Z. 
Weird. What do you think? What do you think? Nas sampled that. Got that sample for Ether. Book Jay Z. Yeah, that was, that was. Yeah, that was a Tupac sample. Yeah. Jay Z. I'm trying. What was that? What song was that? Where, where where Tupac started off by saying he was like "fuck Mob Deep, fuck Biggie, fuck." Jay. Was it the end of hit him up? Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck, fuck, fuck all I, I could have swore he did that on the intro. Staff, record label, and a motherfucking crew. Yep. <laughs> and niggas love Angry Pie. I love Angry Pie, too. And trust me, I love the, 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 all the other stuff he did. Like but Angry Pie was, was something else. I like that one, girl. But fuck, 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 the guitar one. Uh, uh, I don't remember, baby. I love it. I can't remember what he talked, but it was on. Um... Now, she, now she's going to Google for Pac stuff. No, but Big Big L was still alive, and he was, and he wasn't even in his prime. That's the scary part. I mean, none of, yep. none, of none of the guys. Let's be honest, Biggie wasn't in his prime yet. Yeah, he they was none getting there. Pac- I can only, I can only imagine with the late with the late nineties and early two thousands where they've been like, and we were robbed of that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. No, granted. Oh, ridiculous! If you battle L, you picked the wrong head. I smash mics like cornbread. Can't kill me. I was born dead. Like. And the thing is, I'm a like, money getter, also a honey hitter. You think you nice as me? Ha ha! You a funny nigga. Like that was dope. <laughs> yeah. Got the wild style. Always been a foul child. My guns go boom boom. Huh? That's almost everything Biggie put on wax was dope. Yep. Even I tell even people like I tell people all the time like I bump way more Biggie than I do Pac. Which is not to take anything away from Pac, because I fucked with lots of Pac, too. But, but trust me, I have like, stages. We've all had Pac stages. Yeah, I have a Pac stage. When I, when, I go, when I go, are you still down? See, I remember, see, I was the kid who had older brothers, so I heard Pac from first album, like, when I shouldn't have been listening to this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I, I feel like I, I, I lived it. A little bit, even though I was younger, I was younger as fuck. But still, yeah. You know what my like, introduction to Pac was? What? J- ja Rule, two thousand three, Pain Is Love album. He had that song, So Much Pain. That was basically a rip off of the Tupac song, Pain, featuring um, what's his name? It was basically like, he he basically bit Tupac versus changing. Little lines here and there, so it was about him. And then at the end of it, he actually sampled like Pac's third verse from the original song. And I was like, "Oh!" And then my home, like my best friend at the time hit me and was like, "Yo, they ain't no Ja Rule song. He stole that shit. Listen to the the real joint." And I was like, "Oh, damn!" Yeah, and then you heard the real. I didn't know. I didn't know that that was a thing. That was my first introduction to Pac. I was only like. I was like 13, 12. Uh, so. I remember, I remember uh, being geeked about Machiavelli coming out, and uh, uh, my brothers went to 
uh, I don't know if y'all have exclusives down there. Exclusive music store. This nigga ran, went to exclusive, bought it. The day it came out, came home, and we listened to that album over and over and over and over for days. Like, it was the only thing being put on. Music was being put on, pop was being put on. Shit. But Ready to Die was the same way. And so, they're, they, they are the greats, though. But yeah. the Big L thing was so because he died saving the little kids from getting hit by a car or bus or some shit, right? It was something like that. It was something, something yeah. weird like that. Like, he's, he's a kid in the street, and the car was about to hit him. He pushed the kid out the way and got hit, and that's how he died. But it wasn't anything gang-related or anything like that. It was him being a decent human being, an amazing human being, and saving a child's life, and that's how he died. But then you hear Biggie and Pop getting shot over words. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Stupid shit. Over rap. So... I respect Big L a lot more for the way he went out. You know what I'm saying? Nigga went out as a hero. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, we got to get going. Podcast, what about what? On the 10 minutes. Woo! Woo. Yeah, let me not hold y'all. I'll holler at you guys later, though. All right, man. Peace. All right, peace out, y'all.